Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Wildly Aligned Marketing. If you are ready to stop playing small in your business, if you feel like you're holding yourself back, not living up to your fullest potential, then this is a wonderful episode to tune into. In this episode, I am talking with Ryan Dowdy, founder of Be In The Room. Ryan did everything right in life. She had the dream job, six-figure salary, marriage, kids, nice home, all of that, and still woke up one day feeling completely unfulfilled, and that's when she knew that something wasn't right. She realized it was because she was chasing a dream that wasn't hers. As an expert in sales, she created a Facebook community of over 7,000 women looking to follow their dreams of starting a profitable online business. Women began joining her sales training program not only for the incredible knowledge and results that Ryan brought to the table, but also for the amazing community of empowered women Ryan sought to create. As she found more success on her journey, Ryan realized that she still felt alone and misunderstood by her peers. That's when she realized that she herself did not have a community to come to as her truest version of herself. Today, Ryan's mission is to create a safe space for every woman who has ever been told she's too much, too picky, too loud, too anything, to come together and be fearlessly themselves. In this conversation, Ryan and I talked about how to stop playing small and playing victim in your business, why you need to stop looking outside of yourself for clarity, how to boost your belief in yourself and your offer, and so much more. We dug really deep into a lot of mindset stuff, and so I just I can't tell you enough how wonderful this conversation is. So without further ado, let's jump into today's conversation. Welcome to Wildly Aligned Marketing. I want you to be seen and heard by the people who need your message and services most, but I know that seems easier said than done because there's a lot of noise online. I'm your host, Natalie Blenkush. I built my business back in the beginning of 2018 and very quickly learned through trial and error that being yourself isn't a cheesy cliche, but actually the key to building a strong, profitable online brand. I'm on a mission to help you own your voice and consistently find and attract the right clients online so you can grow a wildly successful business doing what you love. All right, friend, grab your coffee and notebook and let's dive into today's episode. All right. Well, hey, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I'm very excited to be chatting with you. Awesome, Natalie. Me too. Thanks for asking. Yes. So before we jump in, I would love to just give you the opportunity to introduce yourself. So let everyone know a little bit about who you are, what you do, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. So my name is Ryan Dowdy. I am the CEO of Uncensored Consulting, the founder of Be In The Room, and the creator of the Self-Leadership Principles. Um, I spent 15 years in corporate America, uh, first as an individual contributor in sales. I like to tell people I I retired from the corporate world as the director of sales. So I was running my own sales teams um, and decided to become an entrepreneur. So I started teaching sales to new entrepreneurs. That was my first iteration of business. Had so much fun, um, really helping women figure out how do we connect with new people and build relationships and grow healthy, successful businesses. Um, in all of that, got a cool opportunity to start a second business with a business partner, um, which was called Social Sellers Academy. And we taught sales to sales teams for entrepreneurs. Uh, which was really a, a very cool concept, but I wound up in a business partnership that uh, wound up just being really out of alignment, which I know we're going to talk more about today, uh, but really out of alignment 
and led me to a cool opportunity in life to say, okay, what do, what do I want to do in this um, next version of myself? So I launched a community called Be In The Room, which we call a conscious leadership collective for women in business. And through all of that, I actually developed um, the self-leadership principles, which I have found really the difference between success and failure for um, a lot of people. Uh, so it's just been a really cool, fun, wild ride as an entrepreneur. Uh, when I'm not working. Um, I have two little kids. My kids are three and five. Um, my husband is an amazing human who, you know, makes our, our world go round. And we recently got a puppy. So he is underneath my feet right now. So if I look distracted at any point in time, um, a four month old Australian shepherd who sometimes likes to chew on my feet. So, um, so yeah, life is good and simple and, um, exciting and all of the things. Yeah. Oh, well, puppy, my goodness, <laughs> that's a lot, like three and a five-year-old. And then let's just add in more, more fun and chaos to our life. So I love that. <laughs> I couldn't start another business. So I decided to get a dog. Right. <laughs> Maybe that's a good strategy for anyone listening. If you've got like shiny object syndrome, get a puppy. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but don't hold me responsible. That's awesome. Um, I would love to just unpack like a lot of what you just said, but I, I know like this, this kind of most recent transition of being in the room and conscious leadership, and then the self leadership principles and all of that love to just dive into that. Um, and, and just kind of hear more about like, how, how did you get into um, I would say more like the, the leadership principle side of things, because I know you said you've got that background in sales and before we hit record, you were saying how you just kind of noticed that a lot of these things were internal, right? Looking at yeah. like clients that were successful versus clients that did not, you know, were, I, I don't even want to say unsuccessful, but sure. just the ones right. that it's like, they wanted this result. They didn't get that result. And right. then what was behind it? I would love to just kind of hear how that, that came to be for you. Sure. So what, what eventually got me out of that business partnership that imploded um, in 2021 was uh, the work that I did with a consultant. Her name is Stacey Barenfest of The Truth Teachers. Um, she's become now my mentor and my friend um, in a really cool way. I recently went through her certification program, but it was really around this idea of like marrying mindset and energetic um, work and really being true to ourselves, right? So the mm -hmm. truth teachers is really about the truth, like your truth um, and truth as it relates to our relationship with God, truth as it relates to, you know, universal law, truth as it relates to who, who we are inside, right? Mm -hmm. And I realized that I was not myself at all, right? Who I was inside was not who I was showing up as. So that's really what led to the whole deconstruction of that business and really the be in the room concept. And so then how does one then get, get from there into conscious leadership and these self-leadership principles? It, it's all about, so conscious leadership is, you know, this idea of how do we change? That's not really what I want to say here. Conscious leadership is around our relationship with ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. We become the best leaders of our clients, of our companies, of our teams, of our families, um, when we are connected to ourselves, right? Conscious leadership is about self-trust, uh, personal responsibility, self-awareness, self-concept, growth mindset, right? It's all the inner work, right? Leadership for so long has been the, the external work, right? Like how do we have difficult conversations and how do we tell people what to do and, and control people? And yeah, 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 yeah. Leadership has always been, how do we control others? But conscious leadership is how do we control ourselves so that everybody else rises with us? Mm -hmm. And to me, that's really the journey that I I've been on and what helped me realize so much of why some women were crushing it and others weren't, it was their internal, it was a relationship with themselves, 
right? The information was good, you know, and I don't say that arrogantly, like it, it just was like, cause I, I knew that it worked. It worked for me. It worked for my clients, what I was teaching when it came to sales, but there were some people that would do it. But I realized it was because to use your word, it was out of alignment. Like for me, my whole model, when I was teaching sales was go talk to people. And some people like that is the worst thing on the planet ever. Like, I don't want to do that. Right. Yeah. So it's like, I can tell you to go network and talk to people and, you know, book coffee chats and have fun getting to know people. But if you hate doing that, it's not going to work for you. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's what, um, that's what really led to the development of the self-leadership principles, because we have to lead ourselves first before we can lead others. Yeah, it's so good. You know, and it's something that like, I've been thinking about a lot of, a lot of the similar stuff lately, where it's like, it's just interesting for me to hear, um, in your journey, so much of like similarities in my journey as well. And just as a coach and supporting clients where, it's like you, you see, this is good stuff. Like you said, not being arrogant, but truly like these are strategies that work, but then just digging more so into, well then, but why is it not working for like these women or these people that I'm serving? Like, what are the roadblocks that they're coming up against and going deeper? Um, and everything that you just said, the, the growth mindset, the, the, you know, being in alignment with God and like being true to yourself and self-trust and like all those things. I'm just like, yes, 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 yes. Like that's yeah. just speaking my language because it's something that, um, I have like in this, this year, um, so far getting back into my business after being on another coach's team, I've had a lot of growth in those areas as well. And it's just interesting for me to see a lot of other women. Um, it's kind of like, um, I, I put out a post recently jokingly, but also serious where, I've just noticed that I've been in a growth season and a lot of other women. And I'm like, it's like our periods are synced up or something. Like we're all like going through this, like this transition together of like, here we go. But like in all seriousness, it's just, it's very cool to hear um, almost like the confirmation of when you feel like you're really leaning into something and then you're seeing other women as well, sharing that message. And it's just very cool, you know, confirmation. Um, so that is just, yeah, like, you know, echo everything that you just said about realizing that it was less about, you know, do the actions, like look at the strategies. And it was more so like, I can give you all this information, but if you're not trusting yourself, you're not implementing these things, then it's not going to serve you. And, you know, I want to serve you. I want to get your results. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, it became just so clear to me that I would look and it's funny, right? Like it's once you see it, you can't unsee it. Cause I didn't know it at the time. I, I believe that as humans, we're all operating from the highest level of consciousness as we can. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, but then the higher we climb, then we can't unsee it. And it was like, Oh, well, that was the difference between that person and that person is that woman completely trusted herself. She took full responsibility for her actions. And this woman is still living in a little bit of victim consciousness. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, like, so I used to teach a lot of like networking in Facebook groups. And so to me, victim consciousness is the response of like, well, um, all these Facebook groups have all these rules about what I can and can't do. And so I can't find Facebook groups to hang out in. Like to me, that's not taking personal responsibility. I'm not judging that person, but the person who's like, well, I'm going to go find places to hang out where I can be myself and I can do my thing. Like that's the difference. And yeah. I know it's small and it's nuanced, but it's all the difference in the world in your success. And then, like I said, all these women have grown really cool companies over the past few years. The rate of female entrepreneurship is growing and it's skyrocketing and it's all this stuff that we have no examples of leadership, right? Mm -hmm. All the examples we have of leadership are old white men or things like the devil wears Prada and 
was it that movie, The Proposal with Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy, right? Like, yeah. All the, the, we're all crazy, right? And right. so it's like, how do we, how do we change that story? How do we show up in business um, as really aware, conscious, connected humans? Because when we put people first, everybody wins. Right. And it's interesting because the examples you gave are all like very masculine. Yep projections of what it means to be a woman, woman in leadership, which, you know, if that's, if that's who you are naturally, that's totally fine, but that's, that's not everyone. Right. Um, yeah. So I, 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 any of us are actually naturally that way. I think we are conditioned. Yeah. I mean, we we always have a balance of masculine and feminine. I'm not saying that wherever the pendulum, it, it's supposed to yeah. be the yin and yang, right. Yeah. But for me as somebody who's lived in my masculine, my entire career, I don't yeah. know if that really is who I am or it's, it's the operating system that has gotten me this far. Yeah. I completely agree with that because I, I believe that, um, you know, and this plays into values and belief systems and all that stuff. And we don't, we don't have to go deep into that, but I, I know I've had many conversations with, you know, with my husband or just friends, you know, in real life where I, I just look at like, man, like I, I feel like there's, you know, people joke about the difference between men and women and like some like misunderstandings and things that are super frustrating and, you know, in marriage or whatever, but it's like, at the end of the day, I believe that there's just things that are hard, hardwired into us. And so going back to what you said about, you believe that as women, we're not naturally like that. That's just the conditioning and, you know, childhood, as we know, plays a huge role in how we grow up and, um, you know, what message we receive about, you have to be this way to be successful. And then the images that we see, like even through adulthood and into careers and everything. So, um, yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I feel like there's a, that we could do a whole other like episode on, on all of that. Um, something else that I, I want to circle back to about what you said is just the responsibility piece. This is something that I have seen when I look at like the clients that I have served. Um, it's very interesting for me to, to see that, right. Like, and the, the clients who take responsibility for versus the ones who don't, or even just looking at myself, the times where in my business, I have taken responsibility versus haven't right. And just having that victim mentality. So I'd love to dig into that a little bit more because I know that it's something that is very prevalent. Um, I would venture to say that a lot of women who are kind of in that like self described stuck place in business are kind of in that mentality. Would you say so? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I want to make sure I want to clarify, and I know you're coming from the same place to here, Natalie, like victim consciousness is not, it's not an insult, right? Yeah. Like it's not, it, it, there's literally a psychological, um, it's the, the Cartman, um, triangle is actually what it's called. And it basically, it's a social model of human interaction. Um, and it talks about this whole like victim mentality. And again, not in the way that you view victim as far as, um, but a, a way of like life is happening to me. Like that's yeah. what I mean when I say victim. And I think you're saying the same mm-hmm. thing, right? Yeah. Like, so again, we're in this space where we're stuck. We're stuck because it's happening to me. I can't control. This is like, when people ask questions about the algorithm. I'm like, you're asking the wrong question, yeah. right? Like 
to me, I'm going to take personal responsibility. I'm going to beat the algorithm by putting out really great content, or I'm just going to post more, or, you know, I'm going to go hang out on a different platform if this isn't working for me versus, well, I used to get a ton of reach and now I don't get any reach anymore. And, you know, Facebook groups used to work and now nobody, like to me, that that's victim consciousness. That's, that's that Cartman triangle of like really this social conditioning of it. Um, so for me, personal responsibility is what can I control, right? What can I do? It is my job to make sure that the people that I'm meant to serve see my staff. How can I do that? And it might be looking at things differently or being a little bit more creative or doing more collaboration, like podcast interviews or things like that, instead of this idea of I am, it is happening to me. There's nothing I can do about it. To me, that's the difference between taking personal responsibility or living in that victim consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that I am glad you clarify that first of all, because it's, um, yeah, being a victim could be something completely different, right? Like, of course there's situations where truly things happen to us and you know, whole, whole different conversation, but in terms of this piece about, um, like you said, you gave the example of like the algorithm. Oh my gosh. Like anytime I see someone talking about that, I'm like, I get it. But at the same time, like that's not something that is even worth thinking about because every, everything has an algorithm, even like the things that people go to, to avoid the algorithm, like email marketing or podcasts where, yeah, there's not an algorithm, but in a way there still is other factors. Like your open rate for emails or podcasts do kind of still have an algorithm. Like, like, you know, there's, there's always something. And so it's, um, you know, essentially like you're saying, it's, it's looking at, um, where are you focused? And so are you focused on like problem solving mode of like, I'm going to get creative. I'm going to view this as a challenge of like, okay, we're going to adapt. We're going to do this next thing. Um, and, and trusting like that self-trust piece. I know you talked about that as well as a big thing where, um, you know, if you're trusting that you're called to do this, you're trusting that there's people that you're called to serve and reach with your message and your services, then you're going to, let that be fuel to help you keep going and, um, you know, keep showing up. Like you said, if, if the algorithm is something that you're concerned about, okay, well, I'm going to put out really great content. I'm going to post more. I'm just going to make sure that I'm, you know, being persistent and, and not giving up and not quitting. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's, that's something that's really big. What would you say is something like maybe a, um, a practical exercise or question that women can ask, ask themselves or something like that. If, if that resonates, like if they feel like they're in that place of, um, you know, realizing that they are doing that and they're, they're putting a lot of responsibility on outside factors instead of shifting to a more empowered place. Yeah. So a really great exercise for this is whatever you're feeling frustrated by, right? So say for instance, let's stick with social media content, right? And it's, you know, my content isn't, isn't converting or my content isn't generating leads or my content isn't working, whatever, all the words that we use and then really start digging around of like, but why? Right. But like, why, why do I feel that way? And then just start analyzing, just write, don't judge, don't judge yourself. Don't screen yourself for like the right thing to say. It's like, yeah, well, you know, Facebook is dying. People aren't spending as much time on social media. Groups are dead. You know, they prioritize reels. You have to pay to play. Like all the things that we think are happening. Like, don't judge yourself. Just write it all out. Um, and then go through and think about like, of this, what can I control? Like, yeah. is, And if it's not within your control, it's really not worth spending your time and energy on because what is in your control, right? If, if, Again, using social media content, like we said, maybe it's, maybe I need to start being a little bolder. Maybe I need to start saying the things that I actually want to say instead of what I think, 
you know, I ask myself that question a lot. How often are we writing content for what we think um, people want to hear versus what we actually want to say, right? Like that's something I can control. That's taking personal responsibility. Like I said, the qual- the quantity of content, you know, maybe I'm only posting, you know, three times a week. Maybe if I start posting six times a week, I'll get more airtime, you know, or maybe it's time to start thinking about is Facebook really the place for me if that's what you're looking at. So thinking about what can I control? What are things that are within my factors? But when we start, how do we know that we've given it away is when we start to make that list of all the pain points that we have, which ones are out of our control because we can't change the social media pl- platforms, right? We can't change what's being prioritized. We can't change any of those things. All we can do is change is ourselves. So how do we know we're in that paradigm is when the, the list of things that are a problem are things that are outside of our control. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that exercise. I think that's really helpful. I've, I've done a similar exercise, just like asking why and like going deeper. And, and it is so um, eye opening because we, we don't even realize like what's going on here. Right. And it's a, it's a perfect example of like, okay, this thing is bothering us, but it's not actually about that thing. It's actually like this, this really deep internal thing that's going on and, you know, um, and, just Mm -hmm. becoming aware of that is really, really powerful. Um, so going back to what you said about, you know, you've kind of developed some pillars for self-leadership. I would love if you could maybe talk about that a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. So basically it went back to how do we become the best version of ourselves? So when I started being in the room, um, that was kind of our, our core mission is, you know, we are a movement of women of action who rebel against the status, uh, rebel against the status quo and build a life of success on our own terms, right? So much of success is externally driven, right? Like success is defined by society. It's defined by our parents. It's defined by our partners. You know, so, so much of success is, is defined externally. And when we really think about internally, what does success look like to us? What does that mean for me? And that's really where it all started. And um, what I kept seeing over and over again is these just really smart, really super smart women struggling in leading, right? In leading their clients and leading themselves. And so that's really where it started was why, like, why, why are we having such a hard time? And again, it always goes back to the inner work. And so it's funny, I started with a list of like 15 and I just like worked and reworked them. And we've just, we've come up with six and weaving my team and I, they've really helped me kind of orchestrate this and, and flesh it out. And where am I repeating myself? And where am I saying the same things over and over again? So we have identified them as, uh, well, first of all, there's the foundation of the principles, which are decide gratitude and appreciation, right? So before we can set out to hit any goal, whether that goal is a personal goal or a business goal or a team goal or a company goal, um, we have to make a decision, right? We have to decide what we want. Um, and that was something as somebody who's very driven, um, I didn't know people struggled with until I started coaching. And I would ask women, what do you want? And they're like, well, what I really want is this, but I would settle for this. Like, that's what I heard a lot of. Like, I would really love to make $250,000 a year, but you know what? Like 5k months would be fine. And I'm like, well, no, no. (laughs) What do you want? Make a decision because so much of us, so many of us are playing safe. Right. And then we get into gratitude and appreciation um, is really spending time, you know, thinking, being grateful for what we do have and the resources that we have. Um, and to me, appreciation is then who are who plays the supporting role in our lives um, that allow us to be successful. So we lay that foundation first. And then there are six principles on top of that, Natalie, being trust, personal responsibility, self-awareness, self-concept, um, 
growth mindset. And of course I'm like, where, where did I, where did I, emotional intelligence? I'm like, where did I just lose it? Emotional intelligence is the sixth one. So it's really the, the inner work, right? It's understanding yeah. the power of our emotions. It's understanding the power of ourselves, it's getting to know ourselves really, really well. And then having that mindset of, um, of growth and change. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, you said the foundation, that very first step is deciding. And it's interesting for me to hear that that was something that you were like, Oh, this is a problem. Like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. Because it, it's, you know, um, it's so interesting for me to see how like we're wired with certain strengths and gifts. And then we come across other people where, um, you know, it just, it, it shows us how, um, how can I say this? Like, it's so easy for us to take for granted what comes naturally to us, what we're good at. And then we see other people who struggle with us struggle with that thing, whatever it is. It's like, Oh, Oh my gosh. Okay. So this is something that I can help you with. Right. Um, and that's something that I, I have noticed a lot of people are talking about self-trust lately, and I think it's kind of cool. Um, I don't know if you've noticed that as well, but it, it, it seems like I've, I've seen a lot of women, um, just talking about that in general. And that's something that I personally have been working on a lot in this year. Um, also encouraging my clients to do as well. Um, and I don't know, like I, I have almost seen, I will speak from personal experience here. I have seen for myself in my business journey, like when I look maybe a few years ago, I started in 2018. So I'm about five years in, um, I can see so clearly in hindsight, how self-trust was something like just making the decision myself, not outsourcing that decision. And then also trusting my, my gut with like, this is what I think is best is something that, um, I was lacking and I can see how, that pattern, at least personal experience for me happened because I did not have any prior business experience. And so it was easy to come into the business game being like, I don't know marketing. You know, I didn't know marketing at the time. I didn't know sales. I didn't know business as a whole. And so it, it, I can see how that just kind of naturally evolved, but then it's like, at a certain point you need to be like, wait a minute. <laughs> like even, even if you don't know marketing or sales or business, whatever the thing is that is outside of your area of expertise, I think it's really important to maintain that power to make the final decision and, and have that final say. Um, and the, the thing that I've noticed and why I bring this up is because I, I almost feel like that's a pattern in the coaching industry of kind of having this attitude of like, mm-hmm. this is what I'm saying you should do. And if you follow my program, then right. you're going to be successful. And if you choose to veer off the path, that's fine. You make the decision, but then, you know, it's kind of like, oh, I'm just going to like wipe my hands of that because you're not following the system. Um, I'm curious what your thoughts are about that. Yeah. I mean, I think that's where so much, the, the access to information that we have is what's created the lack of self-trust, yeah. right? Because there's so many places to go to get the information, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, I want to start a podcast, right? And then you can Google six ways from Sunday, you know, 
the effectiveness of a podcast, right? How many there are, listing, all the things, right? So for me, I think we have very much outsourcers and myself included. Like I am mm-hmm. not by any stretch of the imagination exempt from this. Like it's literally how I built two businesses, two wildly successful businesses that I hated, right? Because I followed the formula that somebody else, you know, prescribed. I followed the formula to a T and the formula worked, but it still didn't lead to any sort of internal happiness or fulfillment, right? Um, I had just replaced my job with another job, one that I was in charge of, which was not nearly as much fun. So um, anyway, I think self-trust is very much perpetuated in the coaching industry. And then, yeah, I mean, I have seen a lot of that where people are like, oh yeah, you veered off of my path. Now you're on your own. And I would probably say, you know, two years ago, I was probably that person, right? Where I was like, well, you veered off my path. You're not doing the things I told you to do. And that's just the ego talking, right? Um, and um, it's, it's not understanding alignment and it's not understanding resonance and it's not understanding energy. Um, and so again, I try to not judge people for that and instead think like they're doing the best they can with what they have, because in their mind, they're like, I know that it works. Like I've seen it work over and over and over again. It was exactly where I was when I was teaching sales to new entrepreneurs. I was like, I know that it works. Like I know I've, I've, I've made it work. I've watched my clients make it work. I know that it works. Why won't it work for you? But again, that was my lack of awareness of alignment and energy and resonance and those types of things, because, um, I, I just didn't have that information at the time. So I like to believe it helps me sleep at night that like most people have really good intentions and they just don't know what they don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree. And I'll, I'll clarify that that's, that's totally where I'm coming from with that, that question is it's just, it's interesting for me to see that pattern because I've, I've definitely been that person, like experienced moments where I'm like, man, like I, can tell you the strategy, like, why is this not working for this person, um, being on like the coach side of it, but also being on the other side of it. And I, um, you know, I, I very much believe that like everyone has good intentions, right. It's just the, it's the, the ego that pops up, like you said. And also, um, I think there's, you know, to look at that dynamic of kind of being able to go with the flow and adjust like, okay, this is what kind of the framework or roadmap that I have that's laid out. This worked for me. Take it if it works for you. But if not, let's kind of get down and level with each other and problem solve and figure out, well, what will work for you? What do you want to do? And that requires um, efforts, not the best word, but that's coming to mind. Like it, it does require effort, you know, to, to do that and to adapt. Um, and I think that's, just kind of a reflection of the, the constant growth, which I know is one of the pillars as well. Like that, that personal growth piece of, um, you know, constantly growing and evolving as a business owner, because you do encounter those situations where it's like in the beginning, you're just so focused on how do I get clients? How do, (laughs) you know, how do I get people to, to pay me for this, this, you know, service or whatever that I want to start up. And then you're working with clients and you're in the flow of running your business. And then it's a whole other problem solving of like, how do I get them the best results and how do I adapt? Because we can go into it with like, this is what people need. And then we have to adjust when we realize, okay, yeah, there's pieces of that, but also there's things over here that I didn't realize, like, I didn't think about, you know, that they need this thing over here. Yeah. 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 So like of the pillars that you, you shared and those leadership principles, is there anything that stands out to you in terms of, um, maybe just some like common patterns or, 
um, I don't want to say mistakes, but just patterns that you see women get in that are some like major blocks to, um, you know, seeing the results that they want in business where they're in that place. Like you talked about that frustration of I'm doing the right things, but it's not working for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I would say that, you know, the biggest kind of blocks that we have is as it relates to like just the self-leadership principles and all the things that I've realized is it's, it's always the internal stuff right? Mm -hmm. Like, and nobody wants to hear this because it's the hard work, but if there is a proven principle and it works for other people and it's not working for you, it's almost always an inner thing. And again, it doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. And I think that's important because we make it mean we're doing it wrong, right? Oh, well, it worked for Natalie and it didn't work for me. I must be doing it wrong. And it's like, no, 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 no. Right. It's just, again, it's, it's an energetic alignment to what you're doing. And I'm gonna give you an example. My, my, my business coach, and he was, then became my business partner taught the live launch method. That's what was her methodology. Um, and the live launch method worked. I know it works because I made, you know, I did a million dollars in sales in two years using this methodology, the methodology worked, but if you hate live video, it's not going to work for you. Yeah. Because the whole method is hinged upon live video. So I just use that as an example of instead of this, we instantly go into like shame and blame and internal and I'm doing it wrong and I don't know what I'm doing and da, 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 da. And instead, again, it's coming back to you. Like, do you, do you even want to learn how to live launch? Like, you know, it was very much sold as like the easiest way. It was not easy. It was a lot of work. It was a very effective, but it was a lot of work. So I think to me, what a, a very long way of saying, like it comes back to getting to know and trust your you know, know and trust yourself and know and trust, you know, the, the nudges and the ideas, because again, anytime it's not working, we are taught to look external, right? Oh, I didn't have enough eyeballs. My Facebook ads are wrong. I attracted the wrong audience. My content wasn't good. My list isn't big enough, right? I'm really bad at sales. I didn't book enough sales. Cause like, those are all of the external things, but it's like internally, did you ever believe it was going to work? Yeah. Right. Like internally, did you, you know, are you really self-aware of like your strengths and weaknesses? Do you, are you aware of burnout and what that looks like for you? Like all of those different things. So I don't have a simple, like prescriptive answer to like, how do we avoid these pitfalls other than to stop looking for answers outside of ourselves? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And there, there comes a time and place we need to up-level our skills, right? You said early on in your business, you were brand new to business. You didn't have skills. You had to go learn marketing, Right. But then there comes a time where you've read all the marketing books and then it's okay. Trusting what's, what's Natalie's secret sauce for marketing. Yeah. Right. Um, And that's kind of, I think what so many of us are missing is, is we want to use, we want to borrow somebody else's secret sauce instead of making our own. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I love that for so many reasons. And, And one thing that's really standing out to me is, is, like it's following this whole principle of how we can like look outside of ourselves for clarity when that's like between you and God, you know, okay. like if you're figuring out what should I do, how should I say it? What, what strategies should I use? Like it has to align with you and God, like at the end of the day. And so you can be working with the best mentor out there and the best program who has the best of intentions to, to help you. Like they're cheering you on. They want to get you the results, but you have to make sure that, that, that really lines up with what feels right to you and what you know in your gut. Right. Um, and that's something that, um, yeah, is, is just huge. And like you said, it's, there's that place, there's a time and place for 
gaining the information and looking at the externals. But I think, um, you know, summarizing what you just said, no, there's not a prescription, but just knowing that, okay, I'm going to less so focus on the externals and gaining external knowledge and and looking at external factors and look more so within myself. Right. Um, and that's something that, you know, anytime, um, you know, I think about the times where my clients are in that place of, I feel like I'm doing everything that's working. Why, why am I not getting results? Why am I not X, Y, Z? Um, and that's one of the things that I come back to is like, is there, is there something out of whack here that needs your attention that you're not paying attention to? Um, and, and that's where I think, I think we talked about this before we hit record, um, about how, like in those moments where you feel like an adjustment needs to be made, it's like the longer that you resist it, the, the quicker you are headed straight for something that is going to force you to adjust. Yep. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, that was the case with my business partner. Like if I'm a hundred percent honest and I don't know if I've ever said this publicly before, but here you go. Like, like the third week into the launch of this business, like the red flags were going off. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. We launched in December of 2020. I don't think I told her until November of 21, that it was not for me. And then it then took us another six months to finally sever everything because of going back and forth with the attorneys and everything else. So, but I mean, like by like the third or fourth week, I was like, what did I do? Yeah. And again, God was like, okay, well, you know, we're going to do everything we can to get you to shake you off of that. Like you've got to let it go. And Yeah. yeah, I got, I got led straight into like catastrophic blowing up thousands and thousands of dollars in attorney is what I lovingly call my business divorce, right? Like all of these things that I had to go through because I ignored all of, I ignored myself Yeah. Um, in January of 2021. So 18 months later, I finally got off the ride. Right. But like, not for lack of signs. Yeah. Yeah. And information. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that and yeah. <laughs> being transparent. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it was, I mean, it was, it was little things, right. But it, and it's so easy to just bat the little things away. Right. Like, yeah, you know, it's not a big deal. It's no big deal. You know, there's just a lot going on. There's a lot of pressure. That was the thing for me. It's just a lot happening. It's just a lot of pressure. It's no big deal. You know, but then all of a sudden all the little deals become big deals. Right. And that's, right. those are the, the tiny things that we tend to overlook. Right. We tend to overlook the client who, you know, oversteps once and then a couple, and you're like, oh, you know, and then all of a sudden you've got a client who's completely, you, you can't wrangle them back in, right? You're still right. outside of the scope of work. Um, yeah. We do this with relationships. We do this with boundaries. Like this is not business specific stuff, but we, we ignore it for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, what would you tell someone who's in that place of maybe finding themselves in a, a situation and, you know, it doesn't have to be a business partnership, but it could yeah. where they're just in a place in their business and they're, they're feeling like there's some red flags popping up and some signs that they're seeing and they're, they're kind of ignoring them. And I'm, you know, we've always got that internal dialogue, right? So there's like, I remember hearing at one point in business, how anytime we're in a situation that we don't like, and we're saying we want to leave, but we're stuck in that situation. Like there's something about that situation that's keeping us safe. 
as negative as that situation might seem, right? So there's always that internal side of things going on. Um, But just thinking about your own experience and and a woman who might be in that similar place of kind of ignoring the red flags and not wanting to make whatever adjustments and experience the resistance. A, a resistance that's needed to get out of that situation and remedy it. Um, what would you say to her or to, you know, encourage her? You know, I, I'm like, gosh, I'm trying to think of like, what would somebody have said to me in that, in that time frame, Natalie, for me to have actually made a different choice? I don't know. Yeah. Right. I don't know if there was something anybody could have said, but the most important thing is, is to learn to listen to yourself and to not be afraid to speak your truth. And we are so darn worried about like what other people are going to think of us and we don't want to be rude. And, you know, I made a commitment and all the other stories I was telling myself in my situation, right? Like, but did it ever occur to you that the other person is miserable as well? Right. And so it's thinking through, like, we're so worried about ourselves. We're so ego focused. It's just who we are. You're not a bad person because of it. Right. Um, that it's very hard to say like, maybe this other person doesn't like this situation either. Maybe they're feeling really out of control. What if the best, and I remember my mentor told me this, she's like, what if the greatest gift that you could give your former business, former business partner is standing strong in what you want. And that's why the business divorce went on for so long is because I think she was very used to intimidating people with attorneys and people would just say, okay. And I was like, I see no reason to say it. Like none of these, none of these accusations are founded that there would be any reason for me to agree to these things other than the fact that I don't want to continue to pay the attorney fees to have to send you back a letter every time you send us a letter. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, that's what she says. Like, what if the greatest gift for you, for her in this moment is for you to stand in your truth. And my truth was these things are not true. And I'm not going to just sign your funny little, you know, NDA and your mutual release. So this all gets swept under the rug because you make more money than I do. Like that's just mm-hmm. not going to fly for me. So all of that to say, again, that was a very long winded answer to your question of like, sometimes the best thing you can do is stand in your own truth. Um, yeah. That's the best gift you can give somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that shift. That is so freeing right there. Like, what if this is the greatest gift that you can give this other person or, you know, whoever it is that's involved here? Like, what if that is the best thing that you can do? And it's not just for yourself, but for other people. Right. Right. Um, and, and I think I was just talking with someone earlier today, all about like the, the powerful impact that happens when we're, not just focused on ourselves, And it's like that, that tunnel vision that we get where, where you said, like, we can get so focused on how you're feeling and, and everything. And to then take into account, hold on, how is this other person feeling? How is it impacting them? Maybe they're miserable too. Maybe there's a lesson that they really need to learn in this, you know, situation or for, for you, you know, what you call your business divorce, like lessons yep. learned for the other party as well. Um, and I, I think that's just a really cool way to think about it because again, we, we get so tunnel vision and it is just our human nature to think about ourselves primarily, right. you know, and, and like the sun revolves around us. Right. But, but letting other people into the solar system of, of our world, like realizing the impact that we have on other people. Um, I think it also just, it, it goes back to what you were saying earlier about the shift of either life's happening to us or it's happening for us. And we can choose to believe one way or the other. And and we're going to then, you know, tell us that, uh, tell ourselves that story, you know, that this 
backs up my belief, whatever way it is. Yeah. And and I think that that's a lot of the issue that happens to us in business growth, right? It happens to us in sales. um, Meaning we don't make offers to people because we're afraid of what they think about us. Yeah. Right. Like I'm afraid to make an offer to, um, you know, that person over there to join, be in the room because of whatever reason, um, because I've made it about me. Right. But when I truly believe that being a part of the be in the room community is the most valuable investment a woman can ever make in her business growth. It is my duty at that point in time to go make those invitations, right. To say, yeah. Hey, you need to be part of this community, you need to be here. Um, and, and that's what that, you know, we do that a lot in business, right. Where we're like, well, you know, they're this or they're that, or they said this, or this is going on, or we do it with people, other people's money, right. We're like, Oh, I'm worried about, and it's again, when we're thinking about us, what's it mean about us? What is it going to say about us? Are we going to be rejected instead of thinking, Oh my goodness, if this person hired me to do X, their life would be so much better. And so when we can get into connection, um, instead of isolation, that's where the magic happens. Right. And it's so funny because what you talked about, it's almost like we tell ourselves that we're doing that from a heart centered place of, I just, I, you know, I care about them and I, whatever, like we, we tell ourselves all these great, great excuses in our head as to why basically focused on ourselves. And of course that's not the intention is being selfish, but that's entirely what we're doing by holding our offer back or our message back or whatever it is. Um, so it's funny because it's like, well, here we are saying this is our intention. We're literally doing the opposite by holding ourselves back. You touched on, this is, this is my final question for you. And then we'll wrap up here. You touched on, um, the belief in your offer, right. And like, when you are fully in belief of being in the room is the greatest thing that you can do to invest in your business. It's going to make it so much easier to show up and talk about it. Right. And, and right. people pick up on it too. Um, what's maybe one tip that you can share with women to help them get their belief up with their offer specifically, because when it comes to selling, like that is a huge thing right there. If you don't believe in your offer, like strategies aren't going to work. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, the the best thing in in building belief is, is practicing belief, Mm -hmm. right? It's practicing that belief. It's speaking from the future place. So here's another fun exercise. Um, of an extra, it's funny. I have it right here um, on this fun little post-it or this fun little note card. It's just a regular note card that says the amazing women in be in the room. And I wrote down all of the characteristics mm-hmm. of the women that we serve. Right. So um, again, things like open-hearted, ambitious, um, relationship focused, open to learning. Like I literally spend a lot of time thinking about who is the woman that I serve. And because when, again, when I focus on her and not me, so the advice that I can give you is focus on, if you want to build belief in your offer, it's focus on who it serves, right? Like who is the person that it serves? Because when you can get into that person's brain and you can really start to visualize who that human is, it's a lot easier to reach out to that person or make an offer or follow up with somebody or send an email or write the social post when you're like, Oh my gosh, I can, I can see that person so clearly. And it's in my heart, my gut and everywhere to serve this person in a really meaningful way. So, um, for me, it wasn't so much like beefing up the offer. It was like getting really clear as to who needed to be in our space. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, you totally answered that it in the direction that I was thinking, because it is again, like less so about externals, right. And more so about internals. And so, um, yeah, I, I love that. And, and really, um, wholeheartedly agree with you because it's like, if we can just get grounded in who is that person, mm-hmm. um, it, it, 
you know, revives that spark that we have for why we do what we do. And, um, even thinking back to a lot of women in, in the coaching space, I would say specifically, it's like, oftentimes we're helping women with something that we have personally gone through, even if there's aspects and it's not, you know, all of our journeys can look so, um, unique, but the, the great transformation that you help them through is most likely something that you've gone through. And so even just you know, going back to that place for you and thinking about like, what were the things that you experienced, you know, what resources or what kind of person do you wish that you had available to you? And you get to be that kind of person for women as well, who are in that place. It's just, um, you know, it, it brings back again, the spark, like that's something that I feel, I feel like if I were to describe the moments where um, my belief was really lacking in in my business or my my offer specifically for talking about that, I would say like that's almost the feeling. It's like the spark's gone. Like it's hard to like you're trying to start a fire and you're just you know the the spark just isn't going, and then you get that fire going again, and it just you know creates a ripple ripple effect from there. So. Yeah. Love that. Love that exercise as well. I think that's something that's, that's really great to do. Um, so where can women find you connect with you online if they want to hang out and be in the room with you? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, our website is be in the room.org. Um, uh, we have a Facebook group called be in the room. Um, and then I spend a lot of time on, um, both on Facebook and LinkedIn. It's Ryan with two ends Downey. I'm a very avid open networker. Um, so those are excellent places to connect as well. Awesome. I will put all those links in the show notes so that you guys can head on over and connect with Ryan. Ryan, thank you again so much for being here. Um, really value your time and everything you shared today. Awesome. Thanks, Natalie. Thanks so much for listening today. If you love this podcast episode, there's two things I want to invite you to do right now. Number one, head on over to Instagram and send me a DM at natalie.blankush. I would love to hear any questions that came up and takeaways that you had from this episode. And number two, if you haven't already, head on over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a rating and review. It means the world to me because I love hearing what you're learning and how the show has impacted you, but it also creates an even bigger ripple effect by helping other women to cover this podcast. All right, that's it for today. I will talk to you on the next episode.